Thank you. Thank you so much, Linda. So much love. It's wonderful to be with you in this way. Thank you to Reverend Don for inviting me to be the speaker this morning. Before we begin, I would like to take a few breaths with you. I always find that to be a deep and sacred way to connect. Not only that, the breath calms the nervous system and helps us just settle into the moment. So let's do that right now. Let's take a few breaths together, nice and slow. And if you're able to, Bring it all the way down into the belly. Here we go. And one more. Dealing with change from habits to practices. That's the topic and title of my talk today. Change is a huge topic. That's why I have a whole course, a transformational program called Ready for Change, built around change. Because it's so important to do the deep dive and to come to see the relationship that we have with change, how it was developed, and what it is about that relationship that no longer serves us. So that we can go on and begin to live the lives that we really want to live. So from that curriculum, I want to pull a few things out today and share them with you because I think they'll be very, very helpful in this attempt on our part to deal with change. The first thing I want to share with you is a real game changer, and that is that change is neutral data. Change is neutral data. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that change is the word we put after the word is, is what that change becomes in our own experience. But change is the law of life. Mother Nature shows us that at least four times a year with the change of seasons. There is some intelligence that knows exactly when to turn the green leaves yellow and red and gold. There is something that knows all about change and moves us through these changes effortlessly. So change is just neutral data. It's just life happening. Now I'll give you an example of what happens. You're driving to work and you get a flat tire. Now depending upon where you are in the process of your own awakening, uh, wherever you may be on your spiritual path, and depending upon where you are with what I would call the victim story, the victim consciousness, that flat tire can become a whole lot more than just a flat tire. You may begin to hear your mind say to you, oh my gosh, I can't believe it, we have a flat tire, why does this always happen to us? You see, this always happens to us, now we're going to be late. And this big narrative begins to unfold around having a flat tire. Then there's the opportunity to say, oh, I have a flat tire. Who do I need to call? What do I need to do to fix the tire? and to get myself safely off the road and back on the road so that I can continue with my day. The difference between the two is a lot of time <laughs> and a lot of heartache and a lot of stress, but it's part of that which I would call personal growth. I have been in the place where I took a flat tire personally. I have been there. Why did this happen to me? Why did these things always happen to me? And I have over the course of time, through education, through awakening, through maturing, through my practices, come to realize, oh, this is simply a flat tire. Let me call AAA and get the help that I need. So one of the things that you can do to help yourself deal with change 
is to take the filters that you have right in front of you that you've been looking through and put them off to the side and grab the filter of neutrality and begin to look at all the changes that you're experiencing as neutral data. You're saying, but Camille, I've got big changes going on. A loved one has died. I've lost my job. My, my business is in jeopardy. To that I say, yes, I know. And that's why I'm talking about this with you today. But for the purpose of experimenting and for playing and for being a little curious, look at those things anyway through the filter of neutrality. See how it changes the narrative. See how it changes the change. See how it changes your experience of the change. And ultimately, see how it changes you. Because when I put the filter of neutrality in front of the changes I'm going through, one of the first things that happens is the emotional wallop that is wrapped around the change begins to dissipate, begins to dissolve, begins to lighten. There's a clearing that happens. When I look at the changes I'm going through, through the filter of neutrality, I'm able to see more clearly, I'm able to think more clearly, and I'm ultimately able to react and respond from a more centered and clear place. Yeah, but my husband left me. My girlfriend just broke up with me. Even those changes I'm supposed to see neutrally? Yes. And I am not dismissing disregarding or disrespecting the human experience that comes with those types of changes. That's not at all what I'm saying. However, if you've been suffering and if you are in a deep emotional place and space with the changes that you're going through, give yourself permission to just for a few minutes lighten your load a little bit by seeing the change that's happening to you as just a neutral moment. It is pretty bold to say, wow, okay, someone just left my life, my friend, my boyfriend, my husband, my wife, whoever it is. Seeing that through the neutral perspective of, oh, I guess this has come to an end. Oh, I guess we have taken this relationship as far as it can go. Oh, I guess I or this person have grown to such an extent that the old skin cannot hold the new wine. This relationship can't hold them anymore and they need to go and, and move on. That's what I'm talking about. To see these changes through the filter of neutrality and give yourself the experience of how that neutrality changes and affects your relationship to what it is that you're dealing with. The other big thing to practice when it comes to dealing with change is becoming more comfortable in the discomfort of not knowing. Becoming comfortable being in the discomfort of not knowing. Anytime you deal with change, there's always uncertainty. It's part of, believe it or not, the fun, the play of change. So you get a new job. And there's a lot that you know about this new job. However, you really won't know about the job. You won't know about the experience of the new job until you're actually in the experience of living the new job. That's part of life. That's the joy and the fun of living. It would actually not be fun to know everything up front. The mind would love that, but that's not how the heart 
works and that's not how life works. So if you're in a time of uncertainty and it's stressful, here's a few things you can do with not knowing. The one thing is for sure, I do it all the time, I've taught this many times before, put your hand on your heart and bring comfort and compassion to the one within you that's stressing about not knowing. As if it was a child, you say to yourself, as I do myself, it's okay, Camille. I know you wish you knew what was happening next and where you were going next, but we don't know. And we're okay with that. It is uncomfortable and we're just okay being uncomfortable. It's okay. We'll know when we need to know. It's okay not knowing. I invite you to try that. Bring some comfort and compassion to the stress, anxiety, concern, worry, fear that you have about not knowing. It is a game changer. It is a the most respectful thing you could do. It is an act of tremendous self-love. Instead of judging and criticizing and pushing that part of you away, how could you think that way or how could you not know, you just bring compassion. It's okay. It's okay that you're stressed out. I know you want to know and we don't. We'll know when we need to know. Too often, our minds need to know causes us to rush from an ending through the uncertainty and the unknown time to a new beginning. Simply to know, even though that might not be what's in our highest good, there's this sigh of relief that at least we know. We're at a time right now where one of the great strengths that you can build is the ability to sit in the discomfort of not knowing because what happens over time is you become comfortable not knowing. There's simply no more discomfort. I'm at a point right now because of my own life experience these last two years and the tremendous practice I have had with this <clears throat> where I choose to live in the not knowing. You see, because we live in a society that values knowing so much, we're reminded all the time that we don't know. People ask questions. When are you coming back to Alaska? How long are you staying to New Jersey? Where are you going to go next? Where are you going to live? All of these questions. And what do I say to everybody, including my own mind that poses those questions to me? I don't know. I appreciate you want to know, and I appreciate the value of knowing, but I don't know. And I'm not going to rush through this potent and powerful time of uncertainty, which is really just that which is knowing and not yet revealed to me, disguised as uncertainty. I'm not going to rush through that simply to have some false sense of security and say, oh, I finally know. No, I understand what this moment is all about. When something ends and something not yet has begun, that's a potent, powerful, fertile time for you to be in deep communion with your heart, to live in the question, what is mine to do now? What's in my highest good? How do I want to live? Where do I want to live? What do I want my life to look like? This is what COVID has given us the gift of, is not to be so attached to the answers and solutions, but to be okay living in the question. When you live in the question fully, when you step into the skin of not knowing and you live in the question of it, and you allow yourself to explore and listen and question, man, it is tremendous. It is a powerful and potent place to be because in the silence, there is a lot being said. The answers for what we are dealing with now are not going to come from the outer world. The mind has taken us as far as it can take us. The outer world has taken us as far as it can take us. Why? Because it's collapsing under the weight of its 
old way, the, the archaic nature of the old way is, is causing this self implosion because life was designed to be ever progressing forward, ever expressing itself more and more and more of that which is good. And so we're not going to get the answers from outside of ourselves anymore. We've been trained to think that that's where the answers are, but now we're waking up to this great truth that, no, actually I know. I, I actually know. I have something within me that knows. And even if I don't know right now, I'm going to trust that I'm going to know when I need to know. That is one of the practices that you can begin to activate, play with, and strengthen during this time of tremendous change. So we have law, change is the law of life, change is neutral, there's just something happening. We have the ability to sit in the discomfort of not knowing, to find more and more comfort in the discomfort. It's okay, I feel really uncomfortable, I don't know what's happening, I don't know what's going to happen, and I'm okay with that because I don't know. So why am I going to force myself to know something whose knowing has not arrived yet? So I'm just going to be okay, and I'm just going to trust what is. And I'm going to love myself, and I'm going to bring compassion to myself, because I'm dealing with a lot of change right now. Dealing with change. The other thing I want to talk about are our habits. So I have come to realize that many of the habits that I was unconscious to are no longer serving me. And they keep me tethered to this world that collapses and is collapsing and is falling away and crumbling. See, that world doesn't even know that it's collapsing. We look to that world for the instructions and the roadmap to know what to do next. But we can't expect the old to give us the new way. And yet we do. Because we don't know where to get it from. And now I'm telling you where to get it from. Yourself. Your inner knower. Your inner guide. Your heart your soul that knows. Come back to that. Be willing to reconnect with that. Ask it questions. Ask it to reveal itself to you. Ask it to communicate to you in a language that only you can understand. Ask it to show you the way. Ask it what is mine to do in the midst of this change. And because it's an intelligence that is awake, aware, and alive, because it's an intelligence that knows that is responding and responsive, you will hear the answer. may not be what you want to hear, but you will hear something. You will have a sense of knowing. It will show up in something somebody says. There's all sorts of ways in which it communicates to you. And when you meet it in that place, it responds to you. Habits. For me, being in the headlines, being in the news, no longer works for me. I don't have a television anymore. I disconnected the cable, and I spend less and less times in the headlines. Why? Because I hear myself say, Cece, all the time you're telling people that a headline is already done, and how we get something that's already done, and we use our precious now moment energy, we use the preciousness of our emotional and mental currency for the day, and use it up for something that's coming to us that's already done. I can't affect a headline. I can't change the story because it's already done. So more and more and more these days, I'm starting to realize, you know what? I don't want to be in the headlines. Sure, there's going to be some point in the day where I'm going to go online and I'll check the sources that I check to see what's happening. But be mindful that outside of 
the right kind of journalism that tells us neutrally what's going on. The news, the talking heads, all of that is designed for you to need it. It's designed for you to think that you need it to know what's going on, how to think about what's going on, how to interpret what's going on, and ultimately how to handle what's going on. And what I'm saying to you is that there's great freedom in taking a break from all of that, whether it's a day, a week, a month, or a lifetime. Give yourself permission to break the habit of being tethered to the news and the headlines. Give yourself a break from the habit of allowing other people to interpret life for you and begin to employ the practice of critical thinking, of thinking for yourself. Is this really true? How do I know this is true? Where is this information coming from? It's, it's this opportunity to wake up, to become mature, instead of being lazy recipients. Let me say it this way. Instead of me being a lazy recipient, I am demanding myself now to wake up, to be an activist, to be in charge of the information and the data that is coming through my senses. Why? Because my health and my well-being is tied to that. From habits to practices. Now I'm not talking about the good habits, getting up in the morning, exercising, doing our practices, yoga, eating well, all of those practices that keep us tethered to health and wholeness and wellness and our spirit, those are all the good practices. I'm talking about the practices that you already know about right now that don't make you feel good, that make you feel depressed, that make you feel confused and anxious and full of fear, that keep you out of the solution and keep you in the problem. And sometimes those habits involve other people, people that are also deeply entrenched in the story, in the headlines, in the problem, in the fear, in the worry, in the concern. They don't know how to get out of it. And we have these conversations with each other. And at the end, we just feel horrible. We feel depressed, like hopeless. That's a choice. That is a choice. So we're at a time right now that one of the ways we can deal with change is we turn away from those habits and we decide to turn towards our practices. Maybe for you, it's walking, running, exercising. Fabulous practice to replace watching the news with. Perhaps it's yoga or chanting. Beautiful practices to bring you from the outer world to the inner world. Perhaps it's one of my favorite, meditation. I can't meditate. I don't know how to meditate. I've meditated. It doesn't work. I can't stop my mind. All the things that the mind is saying every time somebody says the word meditation, just be okay that that's the, the mind's reaction to meditation. You don't need the mind to have a different reaction. You don't need the mind to be okay with meditating to start meditating. Not only that, once you start to meditate, the mind's not going to stop. Meditation, as Michael Beckwith once said, is simply the practice of sitting still with yourself. See, this is what COVID did. COVID forced us to be still with ourselves, and we don't like that. We've spent a lot of time and a lot of money avoiding that very thing. We have worked ourselves literally to death, to exhaustion, simply to avoid being with ourselves. Now, we didn't necessarily know this, and this is necessarily not true for everybody, but it's true for a lot of us. And so then with COVID, when COVID came along, we were in spiritual lockdown with ourselves, as I have been for months, 
or with our family and people that perhaps we didn't necessarily think we were going to be in lockdown with, all of it is spiritual practice, what did we find? Ourselves. What did we find? Unfelt emotions. What did we find? Unforgiveness. We found all of these things that have been asking us to pay attention to them. And now here we are with this incredible opportunity to do just that gently, with compassion, and with a lot of self-love because we're dealing with a lot of change. We're dealing with a lot of change. Hey, I just had my meltdown last night. All my best practices couldn't avoid it. And guess what? That's okay. That's as spiritual as any prayer I do. Being willing to surrender to the avalanche of emotion, to let the tears cleanse me and just come out of my system is, takes courage. It takes courage to allow yourself to sit and be with yourself as those blocks get relieved, get released, and there's relief. So in order to deal with the change, we have these precious opportunities to see change as neutral data, to recognize that our mind's narrative about the change is not necessarily accurate to what is actually happening, that we get to choose the narrative, we get to choose what change is to us, something happening to us or something happening through us, something happening against us or something happening for us. We get to deal with change in a more healthy way, being more comfortable in the discomfort of not knowing. We get to put our hands on our hearts and say, it's okay, I know you want to know, and we don't know, and we don't like that, because we like when we know, and I love you anyway, and it's okay. Bringing compassion and self-care and self-love to ourselves as we're dealing with change. To be honest about the practices, or rather the habits, that no longer work for us, and to settle into those habits that do. Maybe we're not getting up early enough and we need to. Maybe we're not drinking enough water and our body's asking us to. Maybe we're not ingesting enough greens and high vibration foods from Mother Earth and our body is asking us to. We have a choice. Sure, we have a perfect template of health at the center of our beingness coded into our DNA, but it needs our help. We're in partnership with it. You can't pollute the body and then they expect the body to be healthy and wonder why prayer didn't work. This is a time of the great awakening, a time of realizing, oh, I get it. I got to help it. I got to eat well. I got to drink. I got to exercise. I got to be mindful of what I put in my mind. The people I speak to, all of that is ours to do. And then the body, the mind, the spirit, the immune system says, thank you. Now I can operate at the optimum of my ability. Habits versus practices. Practices that put us back into our selves. Practices that bring us compassionately into those dark places that are uncomfortable to visit. Practices like the willingness to reach out to somebody to help us when we can't help ourselves. To reach out to a practitioner or to Reverend Don or someone in your life that prays and have them pray with you and for you when you're unable to do it yourself. 
to practice the skill of sitting still, to say, gosh darn it, I'm not going to hear this anymore about meditation. I'm not going to let my mind tell me I'm not meditating. I'm going to do it. I go on the computer. I type in the benefits of meditation. I'm overwhelmed with the studies that show how incredibly beneficial meditation just is to the body, let alone the mind, the heart, and the spirit. It's just this incredibly powerful thing. Don't let your mind take away your personal power to decide I'm going to practice sitting still with myself. I'm going to do what Camille says. I'm going to get my phone. I'm going to put the timer on for 60 seconds and I'm going to sit I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to breathe. And the mind is going to be filled with thoughts and I'm going to be thinking about, I'm going to have an imaginary conversation with somebody who's not even with me. And then I'm just going to come back to the breath and I'm going to be shopping in Costco in my mind, but I'm just going to keep coming back to the breath and I'll just do that. And then my alarm will go off and I'll get up and I'll go about my day. And I'll just do that several times throughout the day. And I'll just strengthen my ability to sit still with myself without the phone, without my mind having dominion over what I eventually choose, without the headlines and the chatter, without the fear mongering, because I get to choose. I get to choose what I'm going to do. I get to choose what I'm going to say. I get to choose how I'm going to feel. I'm going to choose what I'm going to think. I get I'm going to I get to choose how I'm going to interpret what's going on in this life. Dealing with change is a mindful, active practice that takes a willingness and a flexibility to be in the moment. That's the other way to deal with change changing your mind. For some reason, there's a belief that says changing your mind is a weakness. I don't know where that ever came out. Whoever decided that there could be nothing more courageous than changing your mind because life is forever changing. You're always getting new information, just like COVID. There's no past to COVID. The mind is freaking out because it can't look behind itself and say, this is what we did. This is what we know. These are the numbers. So part of what is stressing people out is that we're in something new. That's why tapping into the intuition and the instinct and that silence that holds the answers is so important. But it's also important to be willing to change your mind. So maybe in the beginning of COVID, everybody thought this one thing wasn't a good idea because we just didn't know. And that's what we knew. And that's what the knowing led us to think. Now, after time, we go, oh, with all this new information, now we actually can say this about that. Oh, why did you change your mind? You said this. And now you just said, whoa, wait a second. There's great beauty in changing your mind. There's great strength, there's great flexibility, there's great maturity in changing your mind because you're saying, hey, I have new information now. I have new data. I have new experiences that are making me be different with this thing that has been going on for me and I get to change my mind and change my heart and change the way in which I'm dealing with these things. Dealing with change from habits to practices. Habits oftentimes keep you tethered into the world outside of you that's collapsing, that doesn't have the way, it couldn't have the way because it's the old way, and the new instructions aren't coming from the old way, they're coming from the heart, they're coming from that space that we, we touch and we reach in prayer and meditation and yoga and in our various practices. When we get out of our minds and into our bodies, we get these flashes of insight. That's the way our intuition and our instinct and our inner knower is communicating to us, telling us to do this, go there, call this person, to trust, to know the source of that information. That's the beauty of turning away from the outer source and the news and the pundits and the talking heads and the headlines and turning towards your own source, whose agenda is always pure. And that is for your highest and best experience of yourself within the self. 
So I invite you to pick any one of these practices, tips, strategies that may work for you, that may be helpful to what it is you're dealing with. Grab that neutrality filter, look at some of the more difficult changes in your life, see how that changes your experience of that change, see how that changes you in the midst of that change. Be willing, be willing to question everything your mind presents to you when you're going through change. Is that really true? How do I know it's true? Be willing to change your mind. Be willing to sit in the discomfort of not knowing what the heck is going on and what the heck is happening next or how it's even going to happen. And allow yourself to become still long enough to become connected to that place within you that is untouched by this chaos and craziness. That place within you that dares to say in the face of confusion, I am clarity. That place within you that dares to say in the midst of hate and division, I am love. That place within us that dares to say in the face of uncertainty, I know because I am. To be in the practice long enough to begin to absorb that presence as you to be willing to take the deep dive into yourself and start cleaning it out. As Michael Beckwith recently said, to get out of the path, past so you can get onto the path. If there was ever a time to let go, it's right now. I'm going through my mother's home. Talk about letting go. Oh my goodness, that'll be for another time. That'll be for another time. Letting go mostly is a process of the mind and of the heart. But this is a wonderful time to let go of everything and everyone that no longer serves you. You might as well. COVID has ripped it from our lives anyway. And COVID has also given us the gift of contrast. I'll wrap up with this. There's no better way to know what kind of life you want to live than to be living a life that isn't feeling very good. There's no better way to know what kind of a relationship you want to be in than to be in a relationship that's got some discontent in it. There's no better way to know what kind of a world we want to live in than to be living in a world we don't want to live in. Contrast has tremendous value. In fact, I believe that greater than knowing is the information we get from contrast. You are an architect right now. You are the architect of your life. You are made for this moment. You have everything that you could ever need right now, right where you are to match the change that you're going through, to deal with the change that you're going through. You have all the courage you could ever need right where you are. It's just been covered up with a lot of lies and misinformation about who you really are. But you're able to meet this moment. You are an architect during one of the greatest, most potent, most powerful times in our lives. And I invite you to let go of those habits that don't work anymore and embrace the practices that do. I invite you to join me in seeing a world that works for all people and then ask that wonderful question within that vision what is mine to do and then have the courage the confidence the willingness and the strength to go do it this is no time to be on the sidelines it is game time and i am all in and i hope you are too